0: ADHD as females, ADHD as females, The Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura and, and we, we are ADHDAF. ADHD Seriously. We are two neurodivergent neighbours who move to the same street at the same time at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability, what are the chances?
0: Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives and the horrifying numbers of missing undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise.
1: We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others.
0: So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether. (laughs)
1: Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics so please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening.
0: It's important to note that we are not medical professionals, we're not therapists or coaches, we're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence.
1: We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as a fab people. However, ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are.
0: ADHDS females, ADHDAF. So what did you think of the jingle?
1: Amazing. Musical genius. Thank you. Thank you. I hyper-focused on that for a full day. (laughs) Well, actually, speaking of hyper focus, we should probably talk about ADHD for a minute. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the NHS website says that Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder... Is a condition that affects people's behaviour. People with ADHD can seem restless, may have trouble concentrating and may act on impulse. Adults with ADHD may find they have problems with organisation and time management. Yep. Following <laughs> instructions, <laughs> mm-hmm. focusing and completing tasks, mm-hmm. coping with stress, feeling restless or impatient, impulsiveness and risk-taking. And some adults may also have issues with relationships or social interaction and the rest. Um, ADHD affects over 1.5 million adults in the UK, yet only 4.9% of women will be diagnosed in their lifetime compared to 12% of men.
0: Which is just mental. Which
1: is really, really, well, yeah, literally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As mentioned, we're going to focus on our lived experiences and along the way we will interview some other people to find out a little bit more about them and how they cope with ADHD.
1: But for some proper in-depth information from people who actually know what they're talking about and have actual expertise, <laughs> we really recommend the ADHD Adults podcast. Um they are very fantastic. All of the resources and podcasts helped us a lot, both of us a lot on our journey, didn't it? Yeah. And um yeah, so we couldn't recommend listening to them enough for more sort of psychoeducation and all the important stuff that we don't feel qualified to be talking about really. Absolutely. So, with focusing on our own lived experiences, without further ado, I would like to interview you, Dawn Farmer, for our listeners, which are probably just your mum and my (laughs) mum. But
0: let's do it anyway. My mum's not going to even listen to
1: this. Um, So, what is your name? My name is Dawn
0: Marie Farmer, but you can just call me Dawn.
1: Dawn Marie. (laughs) And your occupation, and if you'd like to talk a little bit about occupation and... ADHD. Oh,
0: yeah. So at the moment, I am studying um, 3D design. Sorry, I started. As <laughs> far <laughs> you can start that. This is going to happen a lot. <laughs> I'm not a talker. Um, yeah, so at the moment, I'm studying 3D design at Grace School of Art in Aberdeen. And um, previous to that, I worked in my, my, mainly logistics for like 20 years, but I have had so many jobs and um yeah weren't like... you a lifeguard at one point oh yeah i've been a lifeguard <laughs> i was even a dj in a local pub were you yeah. oh i love it I, yeah like I changed... dj dj Dormarue. yeah I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I am changed cds it wasn't really djing um but yeah i've i've done a lot and i don't really stay in jobs for more than two years which
1: is a characteristic yeah. of adhd I, I just get bored do you, do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's boredom for you? Yeah. The, the main reason is like getting to where you're comfortable with it and then feeling like you're not challenged enough. So you need to go and do something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just lose motivation, consistency over time. Doesn't matter what I do. And even being at uni, that's like scares me because yeah. I know that I fail constantly. Don't say that. Yeah, I know, but I have in the past. But that and this is, is historical. That is historical. historical.
1: Pre-diagnosis ideas that we can chuck in the bin.
0: Exactly. And that was pre-me <laughs> finding out I had ADHD. Yeah, exactly. So things are different now.
1: Absolutely, things are different now. Um, I think it's quite funny because I think for me... I'm always worried that I am doing a bad job so there's quite a level quite a high level of stress and worry to kind of even quite little tasks that I'm preempting something so I'm worrying and then I'm constantly thinking I'm going to be sacked or doing a terrible job and then the level of stress that that creates eventually gets too much to bear and I'll just go oh I'm completely overwhelmed and my brain can dress it up as something else, like, oh, I'm burnt out because they're working me too hard, as opposed to, like, addressing the issue, which is, I can't cope. Yeah. But again,
0: that is historical information. Mm-hmm. Um, What is your age? I have just turned 39. Yes, you have. Which is mental, because I don't feel 39. No. At all. No. Like, I'm in my 20s. Yeah. And that, I think, is, comes from ADHD, is like, I feel really young. My body doesn't, but mentally I feel really young.
1: Which is definitely a positive.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yes. So how did you come to, like, how and when did you come to suspect that you had ADHD?
0: So it's quite funny. My nieces call me Auntie D which obviously is abbreviated to ADD. And <laughs> my brother has joked about me having ADHD. It's been something ongoing for years. But I've never really took it seriously. And it wasn't until a friend of mine kind of touched on another friend that she knew had been diagnosed, who, when she was telling her about this, essentially described me. <laughs> so that's when I decided I was like, you know what? It's time to take this serious. And mm. I approached the doctor.
1: And how did you how did you feel about that? Like as you were hearing that information and it was all kind of slotting into place, did you feel afraid or did you feel um kind of vindicated or just curious or what was your
0: well it was something I'd always thought about but like like as I said like I would just never taken it seriously yeah but because of where I was in my life I would just come out of a toxic relationship yeah. and I was trying to better myself and understand myself so I was on like a journey of self-exploration yes and so I think I wanted to understand myself so it felt good to be like right I'm learning about myself and this is super important so yeah
1: yeah that's really cool so um what stage are you at in the diagnosis process
0: well let's say it's been a long journey um so I started seeking my diagnosis last May um which was 2021 Yeah, And um, during that time, I had a life coach, a therapist, and um, yeah, I was just looking to start that journey, and I didn't realise it was going to take this long. I applied for university during this time, which was really difficult, but I had the life coach, and that really helped me massively. But um, I thought I would have a diagnosis, and things would be all sorted before I started uni. Did you think, sorry to interject, did you think
1: that because... Somebody told you that or that was just you or just that you did not know quite how lengthy and difficult the broken system is. I
0: didn't have a clue right. how long it was going to take. I just started looking into things, so I bit the bullet, saw the doctor and was told, you know, we'll we'll get back to you kind of thing. And then I started uni and fortunately like Grace School of Art, Robert Gordon University hasn't credible inclusions team Mm -hmm. and I went to see them and they basically put me to an educational psychologist who gave me my inverted commas diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But we know that that's not an official diagnosis so I still have to go through the NHS to get an official medical diagnosis before I can get any help whatsoever. Right. So I'll get help and support through the uni. That's fantastic. But I can't get any medical help Until I have an official diagnosis.
1: And the last time you heard from them, what was the weight looking like?
0: I got told at the start of the year, because my therapist had been chasing them up as well, my counsellor. And And your
1: counsellor is on the NHS? Yes. Yep.
0: Yes. so she'd been chasing them up and they told me I was fourth on the list. Then I got a letter sent out, which we can go into later, (laughs) was massive, a form that I had to fill out um, with so many questions um and sent back sent that back got confirmation that they received it and the letter just told me that I was um back on another waiting list
1: Hmm. so you were potentially on a waiting list to get the letter
0: yeah. and then
1: you did the letter and then that's another waiting list yeah. which you don't know which number on the list you are who knows and so when was the last time that anything like that was chased up like what was the last was it just that you've sent the letter and you're waiting to hear or was there anything else in the interview
0: I've made a few phone calls and they've told me that they're changing up the whole process within the department for ADHD and she can't tell me any details of where I am now so it's just a waiting game
1: can I ask you, do you think that um, there's quite a lot of, obviously there's so much information online um, or groups and communities of people with ADHD and there seems to be this general feeling that often when people find out that they potentially have ADHD and they're in this limbo waiting to get proper treatment and diagnosis, that they feel as though their symptoms are more intense, potentially just because they're more um, self-aware or aware of things that, uh, you know, potentially we would normally just beat ourselves up for. You suddenly have this kind of awareness of how many aspects of your life are implicated by this thing and it can feel like you're more ADHD.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having the diagnosis through the university was enough for me to validate this, you know, diagnosis to, to let me know. So so th- initially there was a massive amount of relief. Yeah. That validation in knowing that I'm not just a useless human being. Yeah. Because that's how I felt my whole life, that I was just useless, incapable of, you know, finishing anything or like becoming anything and getting anything done. I just felt like a useless adult that I couldn't do life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that my whole Whole life, and um, I've had to hide so many aspects of who I am because mm. I'm ashamed.
1: Do you think that? Um, would you think it's fair to say? Because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like what I'm hearing is like the y- you can't sort of fully trust yourself to have your own best interests at heart. Yeah. So that's quite a scary place to be, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Something I've realised in is that I. I can't do anything in life unless there's external like e- external motivation pushing yeah. me. So whether it's getting out of bed in the morning, I need work to actually get me out of bed, yes. or whether it's going to do exercise, I need someone to come with me. It's I cannot motivate myself to do anything. I need someone holding my hand essentially. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much I want that thing. Yeah, it's that's irrelevant even if it's something that i really want i struggle to motivate myself and that is my biggest struggle when it comes to adhd
1: yeah um so with that in mind um what uh has undiagnosed adhd cost you like what do you think like cuz what it sounds like is well predominantly a lot of self worth yeah but what else like what do you think
0: yeah no, I mean no. it's definitely affected my self worth but that's changing massively now mm. and i think the i think what it's cost me the most is reaching my potential, yeah absolutely, like I know I am capable of so much mm. but a d h d has stopped me reaching the potential and reaching where I want to be, and I could look back at my life and be sad for all the things that I've missed out on as a result, but I think there's no point looking backwards when you know i it's important for me to focus on where I am now and what I can become with the information that I now have,
1: absolutely, so with that in mind, why not tell us some positives because, as you already said, like you feel younger, like what other so obviously we know it's cost a lot, and we know it's been a struggle, but what are the positives
0: i like I said, I feel young, I've always felt young um and I think that's a great thing. I also think that, you know, the impulsiveness and the spontaneousness that ADHD gives me makes me a lot of fun to be around. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always up for everything yeah. and anything. <laughs> it's like, if you want me to get involved... Are we going? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> exactly. like my arm will easily be twisted it's got me into trouble a few times for sure Mm. but it's it's definitely a positive it's
1: opened a lot of doors in that respect absolutely (laughs) to opportunities and life experiences okay so final question if you could implement change what would it be so i don't mean obviously like eradicate the world of adhd but i mean it has from your experience, from what you're seeing, from what you're dealing, people that you're dealing with, what change would you implement if you could? She got there in the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to make the process of diagnosis, yeah, so much more easy, accessible. Mm. It shouldn't take this long. Yeah, I think if I've been diagnosed by a, a psych a psychologist, mm. and that was a two hour thing, yeah, why? why does it have to be a four hour thing with a psychiatrist like Mm. I know I've got ADHD yeah the educational psychologist knows I've got ADHD yeah like why why is it the the whole process and the system of diagnosis is just messed up and it it needs to be changed
1: yeah absolutely would you like to say anything else before we move on
0: um probably not I mean yeah there's lots of things (laughs) just say it there's so many things that I'd like to say (laughs) I'm just, yeah. My my head is mince and um, <laughs> I just want to put a disclaimer in there for myself to be like, I am sorry that you're going to hear my ramblings, and um,
1: no, they're wonderful ramblings. <laughs> and also, just to cut in there. I'm sorry, but Dawn is literally a technical whiz (laughs) and she sings and she does all of these amazing things. So your head is absolutely not mints. You just need some help dealing with what is an actual debilitating disability so that you can clear some fog and just crack on.
0: Well, that's it. (laughs) Like I think even recording this podcast right now, and I'm unmedicated, so I'm still waiting to hopefully receive medication that will help me with my ability to maintain focus consistency etc cetera, etc cetera. and even doing this podcast i noticed that while you're talking and asking me questions i'm struggling t- to concentrate on the questions being asked yeah and so for me you know this in itself is a challenge
1: i didn't even manage to read this list properly <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we're going to be all <laughs> over the place and yeah, this this is our podcast. Yay! And this is me and now it's your turn. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Who are you?
1: My name is Laura Mears-Reynolds.
0: And Laura, um, what is your occupation? My
1: occupation is kind of designer, maker slash writer kind of thing and I'm also curating an event with a view to curate more but I guess uh, (laughs) a jack of all trades type of person but I make um, festival inspired Ibiza inspired headwear and accessories out of upcycled vintage military hats and jewellery which I sell at festivals in the UK and in Ibiza and I do a bit of writing as well.
0: Laura used to live in Ibiza. I did. So she she knows the scene and how it all works across there. And she is incredible at creating.
1: Oh, well, thank
0: you. <laughs> and Laura, how old are you?
1: I am 38 and I'll be 39 in 23 days, which is very, very strange. And I just think age is the weirdest, weirdest thing. Because like you, I've always felt young. Yeah. I remember I was about, I think I was about 27 and somebody asked me my age, and I literally didn't know. Like, I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And then I was like, I want to say 27, but that can't be right. But now I've got, yeah, another 12 years on
0: that, which is just bizarre. I feel like 27's the age that I stopped at. Like, I don't feel like I've gotten any I, older I didn't even
1: get there. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get there.
0: So, ADHD, how did you come to suspect that you were neurodivergent? Well, I will be honest
1: i've always kind of uh really struggled with mm, like mental health issues, so anxiety depression, yeah. um eating disorder stuff. it's not fun. we did give a trigger warning um yeah. and so I've kind of battled on my life i think i I really started to i was very over emotional as a child I really started to. Um, realised that something wasn't right in my early teens when a uh, horrible eating disorder raised its head. And I did start to get help then. So I've had a lot of docs appointments for those various things. Um, I was put on um, antidepressants a couple of times um and i saw sorry i've become really inarticulate <laughs> <laughs> and i and i have had hypnotherapy cbt all the things because i was very aware that i was struggling and that something needed to happen i think i was hoping that this one magical day i would be fixed um and then i sort of battled on became very aware that of my sort of difference yeah so my a sort of otherness i want to say in inverted commas because i my family moved from norfolk to sorry from london to norfolk and where i went to school um i well, I'm not going to say I was the only person, but I was in a real minority because a lot of people's parents were from Norfolk. Yeah. So my dad is Irish, and my mum's Caribbean, so I'm mixed race. Sorry, just I'm... whack the <laughs> <laughs> I had curly hair. Other people didn't have curly hair. I was really tall. So I had all this kind of like otherness going on and differences. So then I think my ADHD-ness kind of fell under like, got hidden by the otherness. So I felt different and I thought that those other reasons were why. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and then I just sort of ran for the hills and uh, just did a load of stuff, ha- became a diving instructor in Thailand, Bali, Australia. Lots of
0: random jobs. Loads of random yeah.
1: stuff. Went to Ibiza. Um, and then eventually... A few years ago, a friend said to me that she had been diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah, And this friend of mine, who is amazing, um, she is very successful. She's really, to my eye, got it all together. So when she started to tell me what it was all about um, and sort of how the symptoms can present themselves in women, because we have to check our own ableism, right? Like I had the same idea. It's little yeah. boys. I didn't know that, that how, how different it could be from the stereotype. And I said to my friend, well, bloody hell, if you've got it, I've definitely got it. And she just kind of went, yeah, about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting, though, because since I found out I have ADHD, I now look at so many people and diagnose them. I'm just constantly diagnosing. I'm like, You sure you don't have ADHD? Well, I
1: think that you know, there's a lot to be said for like for like, right? So yeah. and like wavelength stuff. Yeah. So there's a there's an argument to say that once one person gets diagnosed in a group, they all fall like dominoes because we're likely to congregate together. Yeah. So I look around me and I really think that quite a lot of my close friends have ADHD. Um, but I also don't think it's my place to diagnose anybody and also you know it's about The struggle as well right so how much is this affecting your life like we've seen you know we can all be forgetful we can all be nervous in work we can all do you know any number of the things you know be a bit of a i don't want to say lazy but somebody that sleeps in etc how much is it affecting your life and that's that's the difference it's a spectrum right
0: definitely a spectrum and even when i look at other people that have adhd i kind of put myself in a bit of a pity corner and i'm Mm. like. Nobody seems to have it as bad as me. Yeah. That's,
1: that's <laughs> yeah. how I feel. You're the only person. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, it's because it affects everyone so differently. Exactly. And that's why it's important for people to talk about it. Exactly.
1: Like that's one of the things that we're doing here, right? Is that here we are with all of our similarities yeah. and actually our ADHD looks completely different from one another. Totally. It affects different. our lives in different ways.
0: And that's what we're gonna talk about. Yeah. So what has changed for you since you've had a diagnosis?
1: So, since I have had a diagnosis... In fact,
0: d- d- rewind, rewind, okay. rewind. Ooh. I think I've just, like, skipped a bunch of questions. <laughs> That's fine. Where were we at? Well, were were... We're, what stage are you at in the diagnosis? Okay, so right, I, sorry. Am,
1: ADHD. I am quite far along. Um, so I, whenever that was, and obviously uh, time blindness and memory escapes me, so <laughs> a few years ago when I started the process with the NHS, we got sent a load of forms. Um, my husband and I, he had to answer questions about me. I had to answer questions about myself. Sent it off, heard back to say that it would be an 18-month wait. And then... Oh however long into that 18 month wait, obviously COVID happened. So then I just really didn't hear anything else ever again. Amen. Because also it's not like everything's done by email, everything's done in the post, etc. It's a, a whole different system. So yeah. then I we moved here to Aberdeen and I am in a really ridiculously privileged and fortunate position that my husband's job has given me access to private healthcare, which yeah. is something I never in a million years would have had. Well that's it. um so then I went forward with getting a diagnosis at the end of last year and a psychiatrist I spoke to for um maybe like over an hour definitely I'm not sure exactly how long. Um came back and told me that basically she was... (laughs) It wasn't just ADHD, it was severe ADHD because of the uh, number of different areas and the enormity of the impact that the ADHD affects my life. Um, And I decided to go ahead with medication, which originally I didn't think I was going to do. I just kind of wanted the diagnosis to like get off my own case if that makes sense because I just felt like I would have more self uh, acceptance with it rather than feeling as you described like a useless person who just cannot do life effectively Um, but then I thought you know why would I not give myself the opportunity to try because at the end of the day I could just stop taking it and since taking it it has yeah really really massively massively improved my life and I feel really incredibly grateful and fortunate um to be in this position but it's um it's a funny one because on the one hand it's such a huge relief I feel like I've totally gone off topic here you said what stage are you at in your diagnosis then did you say no okay I'll just carry on I'll just just carry on. on just keep talking um so um Where was I? Yeah, I feel like what's interesting is that the diagnosis has given me this huge amount of Mm self-compassion, which I never had before. So, you know, obviously, especially in Ibiza, there's a lot of um, wellness gurus, that whole community. And there's, you know, a lot of talk about all of that self-love business, which just absolutely escaped me to the point that, like, I'd feel really frustrated. Just like, can you just actually tell me what the hell that means? Like, walk me through it because I'm not getting this at all. And actually what I now understand it to mean is that you are able to show yourself the compassion that you would a friend. So if a friend or loved one came to you and said, I've got this diagnosis, but then was like... I've got no money and I've lost my bank card and I'm locked out of my phone. You wouldn't just like either laugh at them or berate them. You'd be like, well, should we connect the dots here? Like, this is a disability that you've been diagnosed with. So the things that inevitably do come up in our paths every day. As much as, don't get me wrong, it still really upsets me and annoys me, yeah. I'm able to go, that's not because I'm useless, I can separate it. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. That I,
1: wasn't the question, but that was a little
0: <laughs> bonus you got there. No, I definitely relate to that <laughs> because self-compassion has been like something that I've been working on, especially since I got my diagnosis. And it's, yeah, b- before in the past when I used to, you know, fail at something or not Mm. not be able to get up in time for something or whatever i would call myself lazy and you know stupid and just useless etc etc whereas now because i know i have this condition i'm so much nicer to myself yes and i'm able to be like well no you're not lazy you're not stupid you have a condition which affects you in this way and that's why however it's also a bit of an excuse now i use adhd as an excuse for not doing things do you because
1: i'm the opposite i've gone like full end complete lunatic should i tell my sunglasses story from the other day (laughs) the other day so i am uh upcycling and embellishing sunglasses to sell at festivals and um i decided on this design in which which just basically defies gravity Like, it it isn't going to work. It's not down to my lack of ability or ineptitude, as I decided it was in that moment. So I basically continued to try and make an unmakeable pair of sunglasses for two hours, because in my head I was thinking, old Laura would have given up by now. You're going to make this happen. You can make this happen. Do not be defeated. Do not give up. The only thing that you could fail at is giving up. And, yeah, in the end... um, they just had to pull me out and go, can you just stop making that one pair of sunglasses? That's nuts. Yeah. But you feel like you're
0: giving yourself a... Yeah, I'm, I'm giving myself like a get-out-of-jail-free really? card. It's like, I need to tidy my house. And I'll be like, oh, well, it's okay You've if you've sat on your phone for five hours because you've got ADHD. <laughs> and so I'll just be really nicer to myself but then I'm sitting in absolute squalor because I've not tidied or, or done anything. Yeah, So... <laughs> Yeah, I I'm looking forward to the process of discovering whether medication is going to work for me. Yeah, I'm probably holding on to it like quite tightly, yeah. and I have expectations for it to really help me, which probably isn't that good. But
1: but it but it will, but it will. The right one will, and yeah. that's the thing that they'll have to go through the process, find the right one for you, find the right dosage for you, however long any of that takes. But you know. As with everything, there are pros and cons. So yeah. there are side effects, and there are ways in which you, which it helps you. And also, I have to know. It's only been a couple of months for me, but when I am on my period, um, I don't know what happens. I, I guess the normal level, because because we can focus. We're going to focus more on this in another in another episode. That's Definitely, a whole another yes. episode. But yeah, it doesn't seem to work so well because I've also got PMT or whatever else is going on. Um, it doesn't work as effectively. But we'll come back to that.
0: But anyway, let's get back to your interview. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, where was I? What has undiagnosed ADHD cost you? Really a hell of a lot. Like a lot,
1: a lot. And it's awful because, again, I feel like a voice of doom over here, but it has nearly cost me my life. Like it really, really has. And I don't just mean in terms of like... Really dangerous situations <laughs> I've ended up in, which I have. I mm-hmm. nearly, I've, I nearly lost my life a couple of times scuba diving. No joke, just because um, of impulsivity and in the moment making the wrong decision. Yeah, basically, which is very dangerous. But then what happened was, um, I don't know that they say that the average age that a woman gets diagnosed if missed in childhood is between the ages of thirty six to thirty eight. Mm-hmm. And I was thirty-five when uh, my life just sort of imploded, and I couldn't keep the plate spinning anymore. Yeah. And um, I, I, looking back on it, I, I thought I sort of had a nervous breakdown, which maybe I did. I don't know. I, I don't really know what the definition of that is. But I.
0: It's funny because it's similar for me where I was, and
1: yeah, I was in because a really that's the down age. Place. That's the age when you're meant to kind of. Yeah. be where you're meant to be or you've you've taken on too much or maybe there's just only a certain amount of years that a person can mask for, yeah. no matter how hard they bloody try. And so, yeah, it just got to a point where I just, my brain just stopped and I couldn't, I, I just couldn't be alive anymore. Yeah. And I wanted to take my life and I very, very nearly did. Very nearly did. So I'm very, very lucky to be here. And I just dropped everything and then started a, a journey of, uh, therapy um and did a lot of writing and learning and stuff but it was only yeah like well into that journey that i then focused on the adhd element yeah yeah
0: and what has changed for you since diagnosis
1: um well as i said because i jumped ahead the self compassion <laughs> thing um do you know it's a really really funny thing because it, it, you know, and I think it's important to say this, especially for you as well, is like, as with everything, there are good days and bad days. Yeah. So sometimes I'll be like, I'll, I'll just feel like, oh, you know, this is so amazing. I've got a new life. Like I've been allowed into the room for the first time in my life. I have the rule book and yeah. now I have the self-compassion. And also, you know, I, I'm still plagued by... um the rsd rejection sensitive dysphoria we'll talk about that another time yeah um with other people but i also feel like um if anybody's gonna be can i say i'm gonna say it. if anyone's gonna be a dick about it yeah then you know they are ableist and they can do one basically <laughs> can't they so i i have that whole side of it but then there are times where i feel like oh this is forever then yeah and that you know, it's, it's sad. It's it's not, you know, it's definitely not a case of like grieving my previous life because it's always been tough. It was exciting, but it was tough. Um, so there's none of that. And like I said, I'm very, very grateful for all the places that my impulsivity and recklessness took me. But yeah, sometimes I do feel, do feel quite sad that this is me forever. And I think that that's part of why it's so important to actually use my voice. Because I could sit here and go, okay, well, I've got this diagnosis now. I'm sweet. I managed to get private healthcare. Lucky me. I've got the pills. Off I go. Or I could actually, you know, having been so astounded by what I've found out, be saying, you know, this really, really isn't right. What can we do? Yeah. And that was not the question, and I don't (laughs) even know what it was.
0: (laughs) But it's funny because... (laughs) When I started seeking my diagnosis, which was in May last year, I was working in a job and making decent money and I could have afforded to go private to get my diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But I didn't because I didn't think the process was going to take so long. So obviously not everyone gets has the same things in life and you know has the same benefits and privileges exactly that they c- could afford to go private so i'm now in a situation where i'm a poor student and yeah. i can't afford to go private so the um nhs diagnosis is the only way for me but it's um yeah it's a long hard process yeah and um, i'm ready for it to finally get to an end soon yeah please help yeah um but tell us some positives
1: Okay. Um. So positives, uh, like you, I feel very young. I'm very enthusiastic. Um. I'm up for change quite a lot. I realise that's a thing. Same. So that's kind of how I ended up in Aberdeen for a start was just the opportunity came up and it was just like, oh yeah, go on then. And I ended up here having never even been here. We The first time I came to Aberdeen was the day that we moved into our house. And, you know, Oh, yeah, that impulsivity and wanting to, you know, experience everything in life. I just want to have at life. Yeah. Um, that is a real positive. Um, and yeah, I think the other positive, sometimes I think it can take a different way of looking at things to find, you know, different different solutions and different answers. And I have that quite a lot. We, My husband and I had a big chat the other day and we were talking about things. And I was just like, yeah, but you just sometimes you, you get stalled or blocked because the logic and the reason comes in. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes if you're not, you know, you don't have those blinkering you, you can come up with some real magic and, and make exciting things happen.
0: OK, so final question is if you could implement change what would it be? Well, actually, I'm just going to be real here for a second and say that
1: I just went off on such a tangent answering that question. (laughs) (laughs) This is take two. (laughs) (laughs) This is take two because I couldn't stop talking. Um, Okay, so in a nutshell, in an ideal world, if I could wave a magic wand, um, the change I would implement would be that um, any of the lovely little add-ons that we tend to get as ADHD people, the comorbidities such as anxiety, depression, eating disorders, alcoholism, drug addiction, OCD, etc. If anybody went to get that treatment for whatever those conditions were, that they could be considered as a potential undiagnosed ADHD patient first.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Because
1: if you could rule that out, then that would be fantastic and they could get the treatment that they needed as opposed to uh, somebody like myself and a lot of people out there, they end up treating the comorbidities and never getting to the root cause so the suffering continues.
0: Yeah. I did it quicker this time. (laughs) So much quicker you wouldn't believe. (laughs) Okay.
1: This is a quick interruption from the future. It's Laura here. I just wanted to let you know that Dawn stepped down from the podcast to give her all to her degree in October 23. She explained all in the Series 2 episode called It's Always Darkest Before the Dawn. From that point, I continue ADHDF solo and I'm about to start the third UK tour, which will actually be the last of this nature. I would love to meet you in real life at Alien Nation. The ADHDF live events are to connect local ADHDers, raise ADHD awareness and they start in April 2024 and finish in July in Scotland and England. Undiagnosed ADHD made me feel alienated from society. The shows featuring very special guests from the podcast explore going from feelings of alienation to discovering an alien Nation. Tickets are available via the link in the blurb of this episode, also via the link in bio on ADHD AF podcast Instagram. I really hope to see you at these totally unique events, the last ever ADHDF tour of this nature. Self-diagnosis is valid, no diagnosis necessary, and I invite you to encourage the people in your life that need to learn more about ADHD from a late diagnosed perspective to come along. Adults only, all genders welcome. If you'd like to come but you feel nervous about coming alone, please don't. Just let me know and I will arrange for a welcome party to greet you at the door and seat you with others just like you. I don't want you to miss out on the last hurrah, so grab tickets while whilst they last and come hang with the gang in real life. If undiagnosed ADHD made you feel like an alien, you are not alone. There's a hole planet of us if you can't make any of the live events or you would like to connect online sooner come and join us in the planet adhd af peer support community via the link in the description to chat to myself and a whole load of other like-minded legends the world over on discord and zoom membership includes body doubling accountability squads self-care club monthly advice from an adhd coach blogs Vlogs, behind the scenes content, exclusives and discounts on all merch, downloadables and events tickets. I really hope to chat to you soon, either online in the Planet ADHDF peer support community or in real life at the Alien Nation Tour. Big love. We are now going to move on to a little section that we're going to revisit every week, aren't we? Um, So this one is about...
0: Differences. Yes. 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 So essentially, what we're going to be talking about in this segment is the differences between us and our ADHD.
1: Yeah, so if we pick a topic, um, as much as we are so similar, as I'm sure you can see and hear, (laughs) there's actually how the ADHD impacts us is actually quite different in our lives. And I don't really know how many times I just said actually, but there you go, have another one. Um, So this week, we're going to talk about driving.
0: Driving. So
1: don't talk to me about driving.
0: So I um I drive. I have a license. Um, All right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <Show off. laughs> I've not actually been driving that long because I put off, I guess, through my procrastination, starting to drive for a long time. My friends when I turned 17, I think, or 16 or when, whenever you got your permission 17 I think, is yeah, it? I, yeah. Yeah. When 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 I turned 17. Not that it was that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um my friends all chipped in to buy me my provisional license so that I could learn to drive. Because that's what I wanted to do. As soon as I turned 17, I was like, I'm learning to drive. And I told everyone I was learning to drive. So my friends bought my provisional license for me or gave me the money for it, which that's not what we got spent on. I'm sorry, friends. <laughs> I think they all know you this You anyway. in the end, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I didn't get my provisional license, and I didn't start driving and it wasn't until I was twenty one I think I'd come back from working in Camp America and I was working in a job that was somewhere that I needed to drive to get to. I mean, I could get buses and stuff, but it was two buses and it was it was a palaver, and I knew that my life would be so much easier if I learned to drive. So I started taking lessons and I was doing really well, and you know it was all going great. And then um, my test was booked. I did my, my what do you call it? Oh. um, Theory. Yes. Yeah, I did my theory, passed first time. It was all great. I really like the way you
1: say theory. Can you say it again, please? Theory. (laughs) Theory and period. I also like that.
0: Period. (laughs) That's great. Carry on, sorry. Anyway. um, Yeah, so I, I booked my test and I was all ready to go. And then I just stopped getting lessons. As you do. As as you do, I just kind of forgot about them, and it wasn't until a week before my test I was like, "Oh crap, that deadline is, is here." <laughs> it's and, actually
1: it, Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, and
0: I've not done enough lessons, so I phoned my instructor, and he was like, "Yeah, I was wondering when I was going to hear from you." And then, um yeah, he's like, "Well, it's too too late now. Your test book, you might as well sit it." He's like, "I'm not, you know, expecting any miracles here, but you never know. You might pass, so you might as well sit it. It's booked. You've paid for it, etc." Sat the test blatantly failed because I was not prepared enough for it. And then I just gave up. I could have booked my test again and like for six months later or whatever, I just gave up. And it wasn't until fast forward God, how long have I been driving? About seven years or something. So it wasn't until I was like 30 or something that I actually
1: did it again. again.
0: And then it was a friend's dad who was a driving instructor at the time and I did it through him and I guess, through my friend and her dad, they helped keep me motivated so that I could actually get it done. And um, I think I failed the first time, um, or I guess this is my second time, but I failed because um, he'd given me instructions. We'd stopped, he'd given me instructions, and then we got going again. And I was too busy concentrating on one thing that my working memory had just gone kaput and Mm. just forgot about the instructions he'd told me. So um, I sped up to 30 and a 20 when I you know I should yeah. not anyway reset it did my test again and passed flying colors like four minors and that was it and driving itself like I find really easy I am um, hyper focus essentially when I'm driving yes. and I love driving I enjoy driving and I think that makes a difference because when I'm doing things I enjoy I tend to be quite good at them so, yeah, that's that's where I am. But we, yeah, we're a little bit different when it comes we to We are a little bit different.
1: I'm just sat here trying to find a statistic that I know I have on my phone somewhere. But being <laughs> me, I have, uh, I've lost it. But it's to do with... Um, ADHD people and being at a higher risk of car driving accidents. Yeah. Um and we'll you know we'll focus on that another time. But for now, yeah, for me I haven't learned to drive. I have always had a real fear about learning to drive and it just always felt like something mm. that I was never going to be able to do. So over the years, prior to getting or even finding out that I might potentially have ADHD, um, I always thought that it was an irrational fear. It was a story I was telling myself. It was something that I needed to work through and overcome. And I eventually started learning to drive at about 33, I think I was. And I um, booked myself in to do a two-week intensive thing because I thought that would be brilliant, just, like, get in there, soak up all the knowledge, smash it out, it'll Absolutely. be fine. It didn't work at all. And my poor driving instructor, it just got to a point where he'd just be like, okay, now, and I'd be like, yeah, now, and he'd just pull over, and we'd sit in a lay-by, and I would just cry. And I would cry for such an unreasonably long time that he would just be like, are you uh, are you are you all right yet? <laughs> should, we, should we drive some oh, more? I it laugh. was so, so bad. At one point, bless him, we were driving along, and he was just like... I was like, oh, look, like one of the thing, one of the many things that I do is look at dogs. So I was like, oh, look at that dog, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, 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 chatting away. And then he just kind of went, you know, Laura, like I'm all for having a laugh and that. But, you know, at some point you do actually have to concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being so, so embarrassed and just thinking, no, like, really, this is all I've got. This is it. This is it. This is me really concentrating on something I'm terrified of. (laughs) Sorry if
0: you're hearing any weird background noises. It's cats. Yeah, I've got a cat (laughs) tree in the back of the door in here. So sometimes the cats jump up on it and yeah, that's the noises.
1: Um, But yeah, so then I tried one more time and did lessons a bit more logically and not so close together. And I kind of got some of the way, but it really just got to a point where it was like, I am not able to do all of these things at once. So I can operate the car. And I can look around and make sure that I'm not going to crash into anything else. But I couldn't, on top of that, follow signs and be going at the right speed limit, etc. So he would have to talk me through it. Um, And so as I did get quite close, I've always thought that I might come back to it. When I spoke to the psychiatrist about it and said, you know, do you think that with time and medication and some therapy that I might be able to drive? And she said, well, it is severe, but you might. You might be able to. But truthfully, statistically speaking, you would be a danger to the road and yourself. So looks like I'm probably not going to (laughs) bother. I don't think. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, So, yeah. But I think that's so, so interesting. Like, I can't even think about doing it. And you do it so focused.
0: But. But. And there is a but. Even though I'm focused and I can drive. And I think I can drive quite well. There's definitely an element of I'm a bit of a risk taker when I'm driving and um, some of my friends, I mean, yeah, there's there's a few of my friends will comment on my driving saying I'm a bit of a rally driver or whatever, but I am conscious of speed limits and I try and stick to them as best as I can and stuff. But yeah, there are little things that I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, taking risks here and there and you know that could, that's symptomatic that, of the disability that you have absolutely and that yeah. could come back to bite me on the in the foot so i need to be aware of that when i'm driving yes for sure for
1: sure okay so finally um we are going to talk about if you would like to tell me the most adhd thing that you have done this week please Dawn.
0: well well yes so there's there's there are many but i guess the one in particularly in particularly Whatever. Why not? The, yeah. The one, <laughs> the, the one that's standing out to me is um, my washing this week. <laughs> I have put on the same load of washing three times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So obviously, I needed to do washing. So I put a load in the washing machine, did the load of washing. And then two days later, I'm like, oh, that washing's been sat in the washing machine for two days. I'm going to have to put it on again. So I put it on again. And it finishes. And then I leave it in the washing machine for another day. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I've left it in the washing machine again. I'm going to need to put that load of washing on again. Um, So I put it on a third time. And but why? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I put it on a third time because at this point I was running out of clothes and I needed to get... My work clothes desperately washed and dried within like three hours <laughs> because I was working later that day. So I had to get the load that was in the washing machine washed first so that I could get my work clothes washed in time for work. And so, yeah, the only reason that they got washed the third time and actually hung out was because of the urgency that was pushing me to get it so done. So there you
1: go. But what have we learned here? Deadlines work even when it comes to washing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As long as there's some kind of external pressure pushing me, I will get things done. <laughs> Be it work yeah. and my clothes washed. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's my most ADHD thing this week.
1: Hmm. Well, mine is that uh, I... What is mine? She says that she completely <laughs> forgets what it is. Um, no. Okay. So mine is to do with medication um i have i'm in that period of it's relatively new so the doctor has been figuring out and the doctor and the psychiatrist figuring out what dosage i should be on so having gone up from the original starting dose of the medication that i'm on to the next dose up um there was some communication between so from the point of getting the prescription to then collecting the prescription i was getting a phone call so i was not aware that that was not the system as standard so I was told to leave it a week before picking up my, uh, leave myself with a week's worth of medication before ordering a repeat prescription, which I did. And then I telephoned to say, um, okay, down to seven, need a repeat prescription. This was last Monday. Um, didn't hear back Thursday thought, oh, I better just check. That's all right. Left another message didn't hear back. So Friday, I tried to ring. You know what it's like, ring your doctor's surgery. You can never get through. And then in the afternoon, I eventually got through and they were like, yeah, that was sorted on Tuesday. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. Cool. She said, Jenna, no, you wouldn't get a phone call back. Think about it. There's thousands of people. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm really new to this. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's fine. So I was going to pick it up Friday afternoon. But I had a deadline, of course I did, for Friday afternoon. So I stayed at home and finished my coursework. I'm doing a writing course, by the way. And then um, on and, and I started to worry because I was like, oh, well, I have to pick it up Friday night because it was be shut on Saturday. Saw that it was open on Saturday, so I said, okay, I'll go on Saturday. And then on Saturday, I just got on with living my life and never gave it another thought again. So... And what, we,
0: <laughs> what weekend is
1: it, Laura? Bank holiday! It's bank holiday weekend. weekend! <laughs> so that is the most ADHD thing I have done this week, and if I'm not mistaken, that brings us to the very end of our first podcast.
0: I think it does. That was it.
1: Did we actually do it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I hope my mums like it. <laughs> um i hope yeah i hope you guys like it you guys that are listening and um thank you for putting up with us um we are more than happy for you guys to give us feedback please do we don't know what we're doing yeah we are brand new to this and if it's too long if it's too short if we're speaking absolute nonsense
1: if i'm being too miserable like i have today (laughs) can i just say i am actually quite fun (laughs) she is she is she is but
0: yeah we we appreciate your feedback and um yeah we're hyped to get episode two done yeah
1: absolutely and please remember to you know wherever you are at on your journey or if you're even listening to this with curiosity for somebody else like compassion is key here show yourself some compassion you don't need to have uh, you know doctor's certificate or anything else to be able to show yourself compassion we all have things in our lives that we could do better or worse and especially if you're coming in from a neurodivergent angle give yourself a break yeah. and don't, don't be mean to yourselves we're
0: so quick to you know Self-criticise. Yeah. And chastise. Yeah we, yeah. we wouldn't do that to our neatest and dearest. So why do we do it to ourselves? Exactly.
1: And so just be a little bit nicer to yourself. Exactly. And also, don't forget, like, don't do a dawn and think that you're the only person in the world that has it because you are not <laughs> at not all. Alone. And there is so much. uh There are so many support groups, networks, Facebook, all over social media. There is a lot going on. So please reach out, you know, to anyone, anywhere. And, and people all over the world. <laughs> I don't know where that was going. But you get the point. Just be kind to yourself and speak to people. You are not alone. Grab your tickets for Alien Nation Live UK Tour via the link in the blurb of this episode and come hang with the gang in real life or in the online peer support community, Planet ADHD AF. And I'll shut up now
0: thanks for listening thank you bye bye (laughs) adhds females adhdaf adhds females the podcast